0: Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, and my co-host partner in crime is Igor Jurkovic. Igor, how you doing?
1: i doing fine. Ready to talk some basketball.
0: Yeah, um, we have uh, 13 of the 16 teams in the in the playoffs are set. Uh, we have three more, three more spots up for grabs, uh, and we're going to talk about the games this week. Our interview of the week, we have Dario Gerge from uh, the head coach with Philo Ostend. Uh, had a nice chat with the coach there. Uh, before we talk too much about the game day, why don't we uh, I'll just uh, let you know some of the things that are up on the website. Uh, I wrote a, a youth column, uh, homegrown piece on Mario Nakic, of, also of Ostend. And uh, Igor had his power rankings, which uh, we've talked off air plenty of times how difficult it is uh, in this format to to do those power rankings. Uh, it must have been a wonderful feeling having uh, your number one team uh, go down just a couple of days after after putting your power rankings up. Just maybe anything, anything in particular you were happy or whatever about the uh, power rankings?
1: I mean, I, I did have Tofa Shop High, which is kind of a success because they made it to the next round. Um, I did put Bamberg as number two because even though Bamberg are the only unbeaten team in the BCL, they're still struggling in the Bundesliga. So, uh, where everything panned out, uh, I had like, I mean, I have to have Tenerife at number one because of the way they're playing. They were 15 and four in Spain. They were dominating their own group here. And I thought, like, ah, they're going to play. And Denmark against Bakken was the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> so they ended up losing by a bunch of points, but still they won the group, so that's what matters.
0: So they had already even locked up the top spots, oh and and uh, obviously Bakken was still fighting for their lives. Um we'll get to that. Uh just you know, maybe um I guess surprising uh if you look at the um if you look at the the big picture maybe uh you know Dijon not not making it we'll talk a little bit more in depth um uh also Back Bears were not able to make it but uh uh the teams that were able to make it through Halone uh, Hapol Winnet. Credit uh, Halone uh, Tofas Bursa and, and Dinamo Sassari um so let's let's start with the standout performances that we do every week uh you mentioned Tofas um, Devon Con uh, Purcell was fantastic for Tofas in the win over Nimbuk 23 points 9 rebounds 3 assists 3 steals Keith Langford fantastic for Ike against Smoky Minsk 32 points 3 rebounds 2 assists 2 steals Amantas Benzuis uh, Cesare's win over Galatasaray 20 points and 10 rebounds Maxime Desreu uh, in the Halon win over Cholet 21 points 5 rebounds 3 assists and Deshaun Stevens in Bakken's uh, big victory over Tenerife with 20-9. Uh, as always, uh, thoughts about that grouping and, and maybe anybody you think uh, uh, had a had an argument?
1: No, I think this one's this one was kind of the easiest one to go with. And especially when you get in the way of the the weight of the wins that Ike had, for instance, and the impact that Langford had. So basically the that's the best best lineup we could end up with.
0: One guy I think did have an argument, and and I could probably uh, put him in instead of uh, Benzuas was uh, Marco Spiso uh, for Cesari. You know, twenty three points. He did have five of eight threes, three rebounds, uh, seven assists, just two turnovers. So seven two turnover uh, assist turnover ratio is pretty good. Twenty seven efficiency. Uh, but otherwise, you know, obviously, uh, really those were the big guys um, in all of their victories. Um, so so let's get into the action, and uh, we'll move to Group A to start. And, of course, that was Bakken Bear's 96-78 victory over Iberostar Tenerife, and then Dimono De- uh, Demo- Sari knocking off Galatasaray 92-81. I'll let you start.
1: Um, I focused on the Sassari against the Galata game because it was obvious that Sassari are up against themselves. They they win, they advance. So basically, whatever Bucken did, did not matter if Sassari win their game. So I watched that one closely, and it was uh, kind of a back-and-forth game, but it always felt like Sassari are going to win it. Mm. Uh, Miro Bilan was a handful for uh, Galata interior defense because they don't have somebody as powerful as him. They they got uh, Williams and Jefferson who are much more uh, potent to be like power forwards instead of centers. So basically they struggled a lot with Bilan not scoring but just receiving the ball and the low post which made them uh, double team him or blitz him or whatever and it led to a bunch of open shots that Benjius and Spicium made. So it was always going to be a Sasari win over here and one other thing is that they played without Tillman, who is officially gone, and they still have to wait for the new new player to join the team and half. So they're gonna get stronger again. It looks good. I mean, Sassari worried me for a bit with their two defeats in a row, but this one looked really good.
0: Yeah, uh, you you mentioned it. It never really seemed in doubt. Um, that's you know the way Sassari was playing. Um, you know, Bilan has been fantastic really all season. Um, and then when you got uh, Benzevis and, and and Spizo in Threes, you know it's it, it would t- it would have taken a lot for Galatasaray to really overcome that. And you know I, j- I think if they had made some of their moves earlier in the season, that they had a little more time to to gel a little bit, maybe they could have gotten a little bit more out of the season. But. Um, uh, just not uh, not at this point. And like you said, it is it is a good sign for Sassari then to to kind of made you know to turn the corner. Um, you know, knowing that um, that you have a you're going to have you're going to have a uh, a tough grouping coming up. Um, Bachman man, I, I I if you're if you just want to have fun watching basketball, I think you you know go there uh, and just watch that game. Um, I think that the biggest thing that kind of stood out for me and then you can kind of go as however you want to on it, but was how, you know, Tenerife. one of the things what we've been saying about Tenerife, Tenerife basically for the life of this competition is that, you know, they can score in bunches and they, and they really, uh, they just go at waves at you and, and it's hard for anybody to, to stay with them. Um, but, Bucking, especially in that first quarter. And then again, in the third quarter, they really withstood both of the, you know, those waves of Tenerife threes, ball movement, everything else. And, um, and, and, and the other thing that really kind of uh, stood out for me was that, um, you know, so many different guys stepped up for, um, for Bakken. I mean, uh, Peterson didn't have a point in the first quarter. You know, you, you look at 18 points and you would lock, you look at the game and, and you, and you, you're surprised that 18 points is what he ended up with because it didn't seem like he did that on a scoring end, but he did have eight assists with zero turnovers, turnovers impressive as well. Uh, Jukic, for example, was, was fantastic in the first half. I, I want to say 16 or something like that, maybe in the first half. Can't remember exactly. Uh, but as a team, just nine turnovers. Um, and I do want to say they didn't have Sherman Dini, but uh, Fran Guerra, fifteen points, seven and nine shooting, seven rebounds, three assists, twenty-four efficiency. So I just wanted to uh, bring that point back up. So, uh, what was your, what was your take on on on, on that uh, really fun uh, bakken tenerife game? I mean the
1: fucking needs to do their best to kind of use this season as a learning, a learning experience because they were always... It was always going to be an uphill battle for them against Tenerife and Sassari, but they finally bridged that gap from playing good and losing into playing good and winning because even in the first matchup with Tenerife, they had like a seven-point lead, but it all went like in a minute. It was gone. They led against Sassari in the first game. They led against Galatasaray in the first game. So basically... If they managed to win one of those first three games, it would have been a different story. This way when you even when you finish on an impressive three and three record, it's those little things that that kept them out. I mean, they finished with three and three in this group and they were plus sixteen overall in game points. So basically this is this is a team that if they managed to keep the same kind of uh, attitude next season, they could be in the playoffs. <laughs>
0: And I think, I think you said it after the first game. The first game was Tenerife. And I think you, I think That's one, you, one of, the, I think the comment you said was, is that, um, and, and it, I, I didn't, I didn't combat it at all. Um, it just kind of seemed like the, the overwhelming, uh, thought, uh, in the whole thing was that, you know, Bakken was going to be the, the point differential maker for their opponents, you know, that they were going to, that teams were going to beat up on them. And, and that, and so that was um you know it's been a it's been a, a such a short term quick transformation so it's been really exciting.
1: Yeah I mean I kind of thought they could steal a game against Galatasaray maybe mm-hmm. steal a game against Sassari but no way did I expect them to be this dominant in their wins because these weren't close wins by accident these were dominant performances and they looked like a great team so if they keep the same core together, which is going to be extremely hard, mm-hmm. but they have been doing it. They've been known to keep their uh, players for a couple of seasons or so. It could be a fun team next season again.
0: All right. Anything else, or you want to move on to Group B?
1: Group B
0: uh Dijon getting their victory pretty convincingly not pretty convincingly very convincingly 79-44 over Krafnos, 4-2 for Dijon and 6 Krafnos bid uh, bit for well in their debut season in the in the in the basketball champions league uh, and then the the thrilling uh Tofas versus 103-97 victory over Nimburg uh, both teams 4-2 along with Dijon Tofas end up on top um, uh, so go ahead <laughs> Wow, um, um,
1: this is just heartbreaking because uh, I really love Dijon and everything they did and they finished third last season. They, they had a perfect season basically last season but this time around just the two defeats came and a horrible, horrible timing and the points difference killed them so I'm desperately unlucky for them not to make it into the next round. And as for Tofash, two things kind of clicked for them. First thing was basically when they let uh, Sean Kilpatrick go and sign Tarek Phillips. That that made him a whole different team. And then they added Thomas Lazucic to the mix so basically they have a bit of uh, a bit more experience in their front line and it it looks really good now. I mean they're on a roll not just in the basketball champions league but also in the Turkish league.
0: Just go and watch this game. Um, these are two teams that are going to go pretty far in this competition, it, it uh, seems. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was... Just a fun fun game to watch. I, I don't want to say too much about it. Um, uh, just I have I have one or two things uh, later on. But uh, and and Dijon, I mean, yeah, I mean, twenty three points. You know, they showed what they can do. But again, again, as you say all the time, as 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 the point is the the biggest point in international basketball. Uh, with point differential, um, the absolute worst thing you can do is lose by big margins, and you want to win by big margins, and that's you know Dijon uh, ended up. Uh, uh falling on the sword for it. So, uh Group C. Let's
1: go. Uh
0: Smoky Minsk say farewell uh with a 9590 loss at home against Ike. Ike moves to 4 and 2. Uh Smoky Minsk uh 2 and 4 chalet. Also 2 and 4 Halone 4 and 2 Halone win uh 89 71. Go for it. I
1: think that Holland are basically one of the hottest teams uh, in all of Europe right now because they they won the status like 14 of their last 15 games uh, or 15 of their last 16 games I did kind of see it but uh, I underestimated it because a bunch of those victories came in the Bibble, the Balkan League that the Israeli teams went to play uh, when they were locked down and some of the wins came in the Israeli Cup. But then when you look at it, I mean, you have to do something really well to win 14 out of 15 games. And happy to have them in the next round because it, it could go down that we don't have how well you have in Jerusalem in the next round.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: it's good to have an Israeli team make it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... First of all, I was I was really happy that Smoky Minsk really gave a good fight um, to to Ike. They uh, it was a, a sixteen point lead for Ike, uh, but they did make it tight at the end. Um, and and Chalet to also then to say farewell. Um, you know, Makunda has just been so much fun to, to, to watch the last two days. Um, there's a there's a video on Twitter of his six dunks. You know, it was it was a it was his own personal dunk contest. Uh, you know, so much fun. Uh, and my last point was, uh, you know, CJ Harris, you know, uh, Disveo, he made the spot on the uh, standout performances. Uh, but CJ Harris was, you know, just, did a fantastic job, you know, running the show. Sixteen points, seven to one assist to turnover ratio. Uh, the team shot seventy percent on twos, um, and a very, very solid forty-four percent on threes. So, um, you know, in a in a in a must game, must game, must win game, to win by eighteen on the road. Uh, you know, impressive showing by Halon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Maxim Dezil had a fun tweet about it, like. He was he said something like this performance and the dunk was him celebrating the change the presidential change in the United States, which is a star. All
0: right, uh, Group D. Uh, Nizhny Novgorod uh, booked their spot in the next round with a 73-68 home victory over Falco Sampatida The winner of that game was moving on, so uh, uh, Nizhny at 4-2, and two, Falco at 3-3. Three and three. Saragossa finish at 5-1 and one with a 94-82 victory over Lublin, who then part ways at 0-6. So what's your big take on uh, on this group?
1: Seems to me that coach uh, Zoran Lukic has infinite confidence in Artem Komolo because mm-hmm. he gives them the ball. Usually when they have clutch endings of the games, he gives him the ball. And this time around, he had 21 points, uh, in 30 minutes of action. So he was the guy who kind of led the charge for them. And it's, it's just another typical Nizhny game in which they score and punches it. Bunch of different ways with a bunch of different players, and you have no idea what's coming next with Alex Gavrielic and Luke Petrashek and Casey Shepard. And everybody's contributing. I mean, it's weird to me watching that Strepko and Baburin combined for just 10 points.
0: But yeah, at the exactly. Same time, yeah.
1: At the same time, I think that both of them are super fine with it because just the ball is moving. Everybody's happy. They're winning the games. They advance. They look good in the VPB league. So it's just uh, they, they we're kind of getting accustomed to the fact that Nizhny belonged to the playoffs here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Other game? Anything from that?
1: Not really. I mean, it was, it was always going to be a one-way street uh, with Zaragoza already being so dominant and looking even better now in the Spanish League once they found a way to click with their new coach. So basically it was just... Job went well done against
0: a little bit. I didn't. I I probably wouldn't have had uh, Nicholas Brasino high up on uh, on my possible triple double uh, list. Um, but he was he was pretty close. 14 8 rebounds and ten assists. Um, the the other notes was uh, this was the first game with uh, Elias Harris, the the German uh, national team guy, came in from Ludwigsburg, a longtime Bamberg player um, and showed how efficient he has been really for years quietly in in Germany, 12 points, five of five shooting, two of two free throws, uh, five rebounds, one assist, 17 efficiency in, uh, in just 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a, um, he's, he's a, a, uh, like I said, very highly efficient player and, um, and so this was very. This was a perfect game for them uh, to work him in as well, uh, 20 minutes to really kind of give him a feel for, uh, uh, you know, more on, on how to play in, in, in the, uh, on this team.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I read some stuff about him. I think that like, he's a complete pro. He's as pro as they get. I think that he even has like his own brand of proteins or something like that, like the food supplements to use uh, that. That's something bizarre. And as for Bruce, you know, uh it's clear that he knows the system of Sergio Hernandez perfectly. So not a surprise that he's averaging a bunch of points and a bunch of rebounds, and now has ten assists here.
0: All right, overtime. Okay, let's let's do some more work. Okay, stat of the week. As always, I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah, you stole it from me because I had six as uh, six done by ah, sorry, man. Ah, it happens.
0: It was fun, man. It was fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna climb up a bunch of people's notes and end up in the draft as soon as possible. So we will kind of. He's he's exactly the prototype of the player that people enjoy to watch: young, athletic, Duncan.
0: As soon, as soon as i as soon as I finished watching the game, I, I I I messaged one of my NBA scout friends and I said, "Man, go check out what uh, Makundo's doing uh, for Chalet uh, tonight. Uh, it's pretty fun." So um, I ended up uh, putting twenty, and uh, and that is um, uh, Devon Akun Purcell, the first player in BCL history to score double digits uh, in twenty straight uh, games.
1: So, so yeah, another. Another Buckingham Bears legend.
0: Yes, another one. <laughs> um, overreaction. Um, as you uh, finally, finally pointed out last week, uh, most of mine are negative, so I'm going to go positive, and I'm sure. going to say that Nimberg are going to reach the f- the the top four. They're going to reach the semifinals. Um, you know, they they lost. Uh, I mean, they they were through already, and it was it was clear that they're through. Um, and you know it was a 103-97 victory and they turned the ball over 22 times against a desperate you know playing for their lives um, tofas team and to still score 97 and to be in a in still in that game against the tofas team which really really played well and you turn the ball over twenty two times, that just shows the quality. Also, you know, last uh, last week, we, um, you know, um, Simon Michael uh, of, of Karapnos praised just how good this number team is, and you know, just the just how good they played in that meaning, really meaningless game for them, more or less um, meaningless as far as you know, they knew that they were already through. Uh, I, I think that they will reach the the semifinals.
1: Yeah, glad, glad I got you to some positive
0: thinking. <laughs> it's always fun to have the hot take. No, you're not going to reach it. So
1: yeah, I, I'm I'm i focused on the Sassari against Galatasaray game. So mm-hmm. my overreaction is that Marcos Pissu is going to end up on the all All Star Five of the season. Yeah, and could, probably could even be in the hunt for the MVP, depending on the season that Sassari have. If they reach like the semifinals or the final. We could be talking about Marcus Piso as the MVP of
0: the league last season. Uh, you know, he made the jump to the Italian national team with his perform. Yes. You know, you know yeah. very much so on on his performance in the Basketball Champions League, and and uh, yeah, and so um, he's he's a fa- had a fantastic, and obviously playing for a coach like that is is absolutely perfect for him too.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Did you know? I'll let you go.
1: Uh, so Galatasaray have got a new coach called Ekrem Memnun. Did you know that he already led Galatasaray to European glory? Uh, They won the EuroLeague by being in Fenerbahce in the final in 2014. And yes, I'm talking correct. and This is all facts. And no, it's not the men's EuroLeague. It's the women's
0: EuroLeague.
1: So Ekrem Memnun is like a legend in women's basketball and was at the helm of the Turkish national team for a long time. And he's now back to the men's game and kind of legend in Galatasaray. For their fans, so looking forward to seeing what he can do, and hopefully he stays for a long time.
0: I, I got to ask—I um, don't know if you know the answer to this—is this his first job after coming back from the women's game?
1: I believe it is. I believe it is because I know that he coached Turkey, uh, Turkey's national team, women's national team, like a couple of years ago. So basically, not really sure that. He was back in the man's game before if,
0: this. If not one of the very first ones afterwards. Yes. Cool, very cool, very cool. Um, did you know that um, uh, two talents in this competition, uh, Mario Nakic, actually who are now gone, Mario Nakic of Ostend and Augustus Marshalonis of Ritos Vilnius, uh, faced each other in the U18 uh, Adidas Next Generation Tournament. Um, they actually... Um, Marshalonis was on the team... 2018, I think 2018 that won the champ, won the title, um, and they knocked off uh, Real Madrid. knockage comes from Real Madrid, um, and then uh, Nakic got his revenge in the Asian T finals in the group stage, uh, knocking off uh, Ritas. Uh, Third, and uh, so there you go. Um, these two top talents uh, have faced each other at the club level on uh, at a high level as well. So.
1: Yeah, hopefully they're going to be facing each other for a long
0: time. I think so. I think so. Um, all right. So I'm going to go with the eliminated team from groups A to D that you will miss the most. So I guess I go first. Um, I think for me, it's totally easy. Uh, back and Bears um, and... Uh, the, you know, I just talked about the 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 transformation, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they've had over the course of the season. Uh, you know, just how much fun they've been. Uh, the the offensive rebounds, their they're big Africans taking three pointers. Where you thinking is that really normal? You you know the, um, and everything else that goes along with it. Um, uh, you know, and Bears will will definitely be missed.
1: Um. Valken was kind of the obvious answer, but nah, I mean, I'm going to miss Dijon a lot because I think they could have contended once again to reach the semifinals. So to have them go out this soon is just a major disappointment.
0: All right. And the last one is player from one of the eliminated teams from groups A to D that you will miss. And I'll let you go um, first.
1: I'm going to go with Daryl Nacon. Uh, Galatasaray. Mm-hmm. I watched him basically every single game that he played, and he knows how to score. I mean, he scores with such ease when he goes for the pull-up. It's really hard to stop, and he can get you 20 in a hurry. And even in this game when nothing was uh, going right for Galatasaray, he still ended up with 20 points even more. So I'm going to miss watching him. I don't think that he he will leave Galatasaray uh, in kind of this transfer window that we have. Think that he's gonna stick for the rest of the season over there because they still got a lot of work to do in the Turkish league, and um, yeah. they won't be falling apart that easily.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. My choice from the very beginning was was uh, uh, QJ Peterson from Barking Bears. All things Barking Bears. It's gonna be weird not being able to talk Barking Bears and uh, starting in a couple of weeks. Um, and and.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if somebody picked
0: him up, and and I was just gonna say, I hope for Buckingham Bears that um, and their development that they that they can keep him, um, because that would also give a message to uh, to to everybody that you know they are serious. Um, do they need him to win the the, the Danish championship? Uh, you know. Pro- probably not. I don't want to say no because I don't want to disrespect anybody in Denmark, any of the teams in Denmark. But uh, for for that program, I do hope that he stays, um, and then even leads them to the you know to a, a contention for a playoff spots next season. But he's definitely the guy. With everything that he's done in this competition, um, that I will definitely hit mo- hit miss the most, and and again, ho- almost hope for their sake that uh, we don't see him again. Of course, I would love to see him again. Said that from the very beginning of the season, that uh, that that I that I hope that that I think that he might be one of the players that will will get snatched up by somebody. So uh, let's go to the interview of the week. Uh, we talked to uh, Dario Jerjev, the head coach at Philoest End. Uh, so uh, enjoy this, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right. So on the show this week, we have Dario Jerjev, the head coach at Philoest End. Uh, coach, thanks for taking some time.
2: Thank you for uh, calling and giving me time to try to present with um, our organization and, and myself,
0: um, you guys have one more game in the Champions League, in the Basketball Champions League this season. Uh, the team is one in four, and uh, eliminated from reaching the next round. We'll get to the games in particular in a second, uh, but but maybe just give me your thoughts about how you think the team performed this season.
2: But I, we have still one game, like you say, versus twenty seventh January here versus home versus Darushafaka. I think we have tough group, uh, group, and uh, like I said, uh, we had a pretty much um, different team than in the past. Cause it's a lot of young guys. What we decide uh, according to the situation that uh, we will be with uh, this trouble with corona situation, and also we didn't want to also to spend some crazy money, you know, and we wanted to adapt. Uh, and give a chance to our younger guys, what we have in the roster to develop. Um, I'm really a bit uh, on one way absolutely understandable, but that we didn't have a situation that uh, we could play 14 rounds because I think for our young team it would be phenomenal, and that's mm-hmm. one part what uh, I'm, I'm really really sorry for. <laughs> But uh, uh, presentation uh, problem. The most bigger problem for us was that we haven't been complete. Um, practically every game uh, we were somewhere there, 10-12 points uh, difference. We we succeed and managed to win a game versus Burgas home. I think that was our best game by far. But that was probably the only game where we've been complete. And. Uh, that's a bit uh, uh, also that also make impact on us for example last game when we played in burgos and brindisi we was without five guys players so that's not easy to handle especially for a young team like uh, us what we have Um, and and, uh, you don't have enough rotation so um, in in global i'm very happy but uh, uh, i would like that we could play 14 rounds to continue you know to develop young guys because you know when they play with experience and better players than them, they improve more.
0: So Um the start of the Belgian league uh was delayed till uh November, which which actually meant that yes. your official your first official game of the of the twenty twenty season was the opening game of the BCL season against And Before that you had only played exhibition games, how difficult was that, you know, not really having any competitive games going into the Champions League?
2: I agree. Very difficult. Uh, okay, we had that game 16th of, of, of September, if you remember, maybe mm-hmm. a Tenerife qualification. Against Tenerife. right? And, yes, and after that was practically uh, friendly games, what needed to be played, but uh, you need to also understand time. That momentum, Corona started again, and we had, uh, like, a lot of games canceled. Uh, We had uh, nine games, uh, friendly games, cancelled. So we go practically um, to uh, uh, to play in Turkey with with only three friendly games after that. So that that's not easy. But uh, I mean, it's 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 not only for us. I think it's for everybody, and we need to be even grateful that we can play games. So that's you cannot make really system, especially uh, when you have a. Uh, young guys who they they need to show what they learned on the practice uh, and produce that on the game so that after that you can make corrections on the right way. And uh, we didn't have a chance for that. and This is why I'm not happy. <laughs> but it, 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 it is how this situation is like that.
0: And then was really the, the highlight of the Basketball Champions League season for you um, the second game where you knocked off the really freshly crowned champions Heredia San Pablo Burgos it was a thrilling game. Uh, eight points was the biggest lead. 20 lead changes back and forth, back and forth. And then uh, Dijon Djordjevic hits the, hits the jumper late. Um, w- what impressed you the most or, or pleased you the most about your team's uh, effort?
2: But consistency. That was one of the games uh, where we really had consistent game. You know, in, in the sense that we didn't fall down too much. Playing against great team who was shooting uh, excellent also. Later, we catch up practically the same rhythm and and, and, and continue. So um, that consistency, that wish to stay in the game, and, and even on the momentum when, when uh, uh, Burgos, who is a great team and experienced team, and who I think, again, in my eyes, will be one of the favorites, because they have everything to every tool to be there um, as we stayed and, and they execute some situation, we stayed there with trust in in ourselves and uh, and had the confidence that we can make a good result and uh, like I say, you need to have some experienced guy who is ready to to, to step in and also finish Duchamp did it great uh, uh, at the end, we was a bit lucky we defend well <laughs> uh three pointer was on the after offensive. Rebound missed by Horton, but uh, in global, very, very happy with uh, what we did that game. Um, Osten, is, I think, way.
0: Um, Osten, you guys knocked off Tenerife in the round of 16 in one of the games, um, actually surprising m- many people. Um, and, uh, you know, take that and then also this victory um, over or Burgos. What do you think it meant for the for the Austrian organization to, to get a victory like this against the, the the champions of the of the Champions
2: League, it, may, it means a lot. That means that that uh, uh, that uh, you can keep consistency. That uh, first of all, uh, that you are competitive. But for, for to, to do something extra, you can be competitive for one or two games. But to do something extra, you need to have more quality. And uh, this is right now another situation with us, but uh, um, I hope in the future Austin will be stable, like like, like I say, mid-range European club, like we're showing right now. Also, I think uh, we we never didn't need one game, even with this young play uh, team, we didn't go and lose by thirty or forty points. You know, sometimes that can happen with the teams who, uh, especially in this situation, but. Uh, for our organization means a lot uh, because uh, I think it was a big boom about that also last year, Tenerife game where, uh, two years ago, same thing, uh, Tenerife, before we had also some very good victory so it's uh, that that you are competitive and that you keep consistency that uh, people recognize you in Europe I mean, because when you talk now about Belgian basketball, everybody probably talk Ostend and Antwerp, Yeah mm-hmm. The rest is uh, like a bit. Uh, I would not say weaker, but don't get me please wrong. I respect every team, but when you talk about Belgium, it's more Austin than Antwerp. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then a, st- a step lower. I mean, it, it is a fact that you guys, you know, you've been going at it with them. We'll, we'll talk about that fight in a in a, in a minute. Um, okay. Let let's let's combine the two Brindisi games in one. Um, you you lost the first game by twelve, yeah. um, and then in the return leg it was. Um, uh, it was a tight game until the third quarter and then they they pulled away. Um yes. the 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 biggest takeaway I think probably I had from 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 those two games combined was you know the team was down by twenty six points in the the first game uh against them yes. and you ended up uh it was only a nine point game basically at the buzzer. Um they hit a three pointer to make it a twelve point game. So it just it seems to me that, you know, um you know that you could be happy I that think, this that this team just doesn't give up uh you know even if it's such a big deficit,
2: yes, we didn't give up one second they did. I think that was Brindisi's best game what they played in Champions League. they've been amazing uh, uh that game also Harrison here, and they've been shooting i think sixty percent three point shot our first game in here in Ostend and they've been really really amazing uh we came uh, i think on six points difference. In one momentum, so and, and then uh, in the fourth quarter, and uh, okay, uh, listen, that's experienced team. We punish some situation; they probably underestimate bit, but uh, at the end, uh, uh, we we come back and we fight through. But uh, but for something more, you need uh, again. I would say the word consistency. So in in Europe today, if you don't play forty minutes game, it's very hard to win you can allow yourself maybe in a home uh, domestic championship but uh, in europe consistency is a key and um, we d- we didn't have uh, according uh, second game uh, three quarter like you say we was really pretty much there um after uh, timeout and technical of the coach uh, uh, my dear colleague Tucci, uh, uh, they they raise up their game i think uh, Harrison was amazing, uh, scoring from nine meters and changed uh, a lot uh, uh, their game that that last part. And um, I mean, uh, we we couldn't handle. We was without rotation on the big guys. If you remember, we had only one big guy and we had one kid uh, Wallison, so it was very hard for us to 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 follow. And we didn't have Gillet, what was in that momentum on four, very important player for us so uh, we couldn't couldn't keep 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. That uh was. it's not it's not easy against that team for sure. Um yes. And then and then the most recent game was the was the second game against against Burgos and um, yeah. you know th- they they showed their depth where you know 11 players who pl- all 11 players played scored 5 points. They didn't even play with Rivero. Um you know they added Sa- um, Salash from Smoky Minsk. Um, yes. Maybe, maybe. How much better do you see this team than the one you had faced just a couple of weeks ago?
2: But they, they, they are deeper. They are deeper for sure. Because, uh, okay, it, on, on every possession covered, uh, there is a lot of players who are versatile who can play more possessions For example, Rivero can play four, or five. Horton can help on three always. Salvo can play on. Or on four to help uh, new guy Salash, for example, in ACB was playing even one game uh, versus Sevilla on five. So uh, Kravic playing amazing. Uh, also uh, the this kid Saho coming from the bench give 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 a good minutes and then you have uh, great shooters like uh, Benite and McFadden who if they come in Syria it's uh, it's amazing. I think you could see that in the in the final eight in Athens right. and then. Domination and, and yeah, experience on the point guard. Uh, exactly, Cook knows uh, for who to play in which situation. Um, it's a one type of the game when he's on the floor. Then with Renfro, it's other type of the game because Renfro is also more uh, uh, slusher and, and driving, attacking basket, a transition game. So they really can do a lot, a lot of things. In my eyes, if they if they would improve. More defensive effort, they would be in the top uh, three, four teams in Spain already. Yeah, they uh, are. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, to, to to really be competitive, to to try to win something, if they played with bit better defense, it would be like that. We, we stayed there first half good, but uh, we couldn't handle anymore. One quarter was enough for them to 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 make a gap. And
0: you're not you're not right. the first team that they've done that to, so. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I know so, so let's let's go back a little bit. Um, you're you're from Zadar in in in, uh, in Croatia, Yugoslavia. Of course, yes. there's so many great players and teams over the years. There, yes. maybe who are some of your favorites growing up?
2: My, uh, one of the favorite players,
0: players, okay. teams, okay.
2: whatnot. Uh, for team, it's absolutely Zadar. I mean, <laughs> Zadar is my team. It's gonna be always. Uh, okay the 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 the, the two pla uh people and players who i i was always looking and and trying to 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 learn things from um dražan petrovic and uh krešmar uh, okay <laughs> both of the persons today are not uh, alive but uh it was it was uh, people from who you can learn discipline and and, and the way and uh, working ethic And um, I was lucky that, for example, Mr. Krasimir Chosic was even sports director in Zadar when I was there, like uh, also in youth categories, so it was an amazing experience there. And um, after that, I mean, you follow everything, Uh, I mean, Kukoc, Raja, but it's not only Croatian, so also uh, in that momentum I was still in Yugoslavia, so I followed everything, and uh, you don't have a right to skip anybody, so there was also... Uh, very 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 good good players and um, like and Divac and and Paspal and, and, um, and that momentum when still Yugoslavia existed later Potiroga, for example, I even practiced one, one year with Botiroga he was uh, two and a half years older, but it was already seen that it's uh, something amazing you know and uh, he was in sadar with me when he was a a youth. So this is, a, you know,
0: practically... A never-ending supply of greatness.
2: (laughs) Yes, never-ending, never-ending, never-ending. And and I was really blessed that I had very good coaches, one of the best probably uh, teachers uh, of the basketball. And I don't know, people don't talk too much about him, but it's uh, Professor Dr. Slavko Trenic, who pra- practically made made Komazets, uh, Raja Kukoc, Bodiroga also, so that all his players. Um, and the second one, Daniel Yusup, So that's uh, like Croatian. then later you follow all. Oh, it's normal. I enjoy to watch. You know, Brđević, Messina, and I have some good contact today with some of the top coaches. What is very important, I think, in this job because um, we can learn from each other on daily basis.
0: Yeah. Um- I saw you became an assistant coach at Zagreb um, in 2001 when you were 26. Yes. Um, yes. Th- there's not a lot of information about there about your playing career. How how would you describe your playing career? When did you when did you when did you stop? How how high did you make it?
2: I uh, came in the first division and uh, like a player of Zadar, to the second team in uh, Boris Pontamica. Uh, it's called today also uh, exist a uh, team and played their first division for one year till I was still in high school. And then, honestly, I saw that I'm, I'm not the greatest talent. And my decision was to go to study, and I finished uh, kinesiology or physical education in Zagreb University. And there I played second division uh, through my studying uh, in different teams in Zagreb and um, practically already um, immediately jumped in, let's say, coaching job. But I started very, I think, how is necessary to start. So from the youth, from the uh, basket school, towards um, mini cadets, so U14, U16, and U18. And after that, become assistant coach and uh, step-by-step developing, I think I was uh, for eight-and-a-half season assistant. Coach, and then my first, practically, uh, coaching job was in Liège. Uh,
0: I, I got I have some questions before we get to, to Liège, so not, oh, not so fast, I, Coach. I guess, yeah. um, nice. uh, um, your your head coach um, t- to your assistancy then in two thousand one was Drazen and Zulovic, uh, who yes. he won the year league title with Sabon in eighty six eighty um, six. Yes. You know, that was the start of really a, a long and successful relationship. You you were assistant with him for two years at Zagreb, and then you went with him to Sabona for four years, went to him with yeah. Russia for a year in uh, 2017 at uh, Earl Great Perm, and then in 2008, uh, you followed him to Belgium. Um, he, yes, he's sure. 22 years older than you. Um, what, what made it click so well with you guys that um, – uh that you guys really just uh you know worked worked so well together
2: uh we first of all we didn't know each other well uh i he came in the club in zagreb uh, and uh, we was uh, his his roots are from near to zadar also so through that uh, he practically talked to me so my Virus of basketball, yeah, let's put it like this, mm-hmm. and um, invite me on the on the, on the practice and we discuss about things and uh, what would be good uh, first year I was second assistant without no problem for me because I was also coach of cadets and and second assistant, so practically on daily basis, <laughs> ten hours minimum in the gym, but that this is what you need to go through if you want to read something, yeah and um. Through that we start to develop our relation, and, and it was a great. Uh, from there we go to Tsibona, as you know, four years, and uh, I think we make a pretty decent decent job in Tsibona, uh, In Tibona pretty decent job, and after that uh, he got a chance to go to Russia, and he asked me, "Do I want to go or, or, or stay?" I said, "Listen, absolutely, I want to go because it's a chance to go abroad and and see." Then I see myself already out of Croatia because uh, a good thing is that you could predict that it's not going to be the same level like it was in the past, you know, because it's a lot of problems. and uh, okay, from from there, we still uh, go to Russia, from Russia to Shaa two great seasons, and then uh, Russian decide to leave. and uh, practically my president of Sharowa said to the president of Liege that he needs to take me for a coach. So this is how that <laughs> okay, all so there
0: happened. you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um you he so um Drosin, he went to Ukraine and Donet, uh um, Donetsk um and then yes. you went to to Liege. Um yes. you you actually won the regular season in the first year there. Uh some of the names you had on the uh on that team, Adrian Banks, uh Alex Rove who who people now are gonna see in Bamberg. Yes. Um, after so long of of being an assistant coach, how did it feel for you for the first time to actually be a head coach of a professional uh, of a professional team?
2: Actually, it wasn't uh, easy first year. I think that guys, uh, to, to, to don't work to mention, there was a Mike Green and there was a Will Thomas. Will mm-hmm. Thomas is still playing EuroLeague great in, in Zenit. Uh, Adrian, like you said. Uh, and, uh, Banks, he's playing very good in Italy. Alex, I'm very happy that he's again with uh, my dear colleague uh, uh, Johan Raakersen in Bamberg. So, that was a very talented team. Also, they've been 22 years old. Average of the team was 22 years old. And uh, we worked a lot. And uh, you know, when you are a bit inexperienced, you want to do everything immediately. <laughs> so, with patience was uh, out. And uh, you, what What I think was very important for us, Immediately, uh, at the beginning of the season, we win Super Cup versus a uh, top team, Sharowa, who was in that moment really, And um, that gave us boost. And uh, at the end of the season, we was first spot. But, but uh, realistically, Sharowa had much more uh, experience and the talent. And, and, and we had a lot of problems with injuries. For example, Josh Duncan was also there was practically all the time uh, in problem with the knee and uh, okay, we lost finals but it was a great season and it's normal that players immediately leave, you know, they get better offers. Uh, my, Mike Green was uh, MVP of the league uh, Will Thomas was MVP of the league by coaches, so you know it's normal. Uh, they, they go and the uh, second year was suffering because it was a much much younger team and uh, without money and uh, okay after the season, I quit and waited the new job. That yeah, was the situation. In
0: and you went to Ostend, you know, that was a club, you know, they'd won 12 league titles, but had not won one uh, since 2007. What did you think when you joined yeah. Ostend and, and maybe what was your initial plan when you when you arrived there?
2: My initial plan was to survive first time, to be <laughs> honest, because, yeah, seriously, because everybody, you know, they they, they he was talking okay a hard, hard situation. Yeah, you lose two games, you could buy. But uh, um, honestly, um, I was uh, very, very open with the, with my board and the people who was here in the management of the club and um, set the picture what we need to be competitive to win the, that moment, the title. Um, we did the good things. After that, uh, I think all is now passed. I mean, uh, we try to keep some strategy also about developing young Belgian players and putting Belgian players on the court. And this is already by years.
1: So I think now
2: we are recognizable pretty much with that. So, uh, like you said, first first momentum uh, was heavy, you know, but uh, who would say that I would be here now? This is my 10th season.
0: Oh, there, and it goes right into the next question. Um, you know, what followed is a run that it's really not matched by many clubs in Europe. Um, nine consecutive Belgian League titles, including six straight doubles with the cup as well. I mean, I know that's, uh, you know, it's really just numbers and, and you have so many images and and uh, and, and recollections and, and, and memories. Uh, just what do you think when I say that, you know, nine straight titles, six, double, six straight doubles? What do you think?
2: But honestly, not too much, because you know, as as you are busy with the new process, and, and in sport, you cannot live in the past. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that. It, maybe, maybe in the, it's 20 years when I stopped with that, when I pulled the line, you know, draw the line and say, okay, this is it. Uh, this is what I did. Wow, this was really nice, but right now, you know, you already think about next opponent. You already think about new game. You think what, what you need to do with which of the players. Uh, also, there is, like I said, national team situation where, you know, also I need to take care of that, what what we need to do and how to put in order uh, for the next window. So, you know, too much no thinking about that because uh, if, if, if you do that, you lose yourself. So, yeah, absolutely I'm proud. I'm proud on every player who steps on the floor and been with us for these whole years. That's the first proud of the people who worked with me. And then, you know, rest. <laughs> because within sport, it's always now, not what happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and in July you you signed the extension five years, five more years. Uh, your thoughts on yeah. on when you did that? What were your What were your considerations on that?
2: Uh, honestly, consideration was that, uh, okay, I signed five years, but uh, uh, that practically after every season, I have an option that I can leave. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, thoughts are for sure to spend here um, one extra year because of okay, a specific year because of Corona and all the things. And I don't think that a lot of teams will really uh, invest in the coaches and things uh, in Europe that will not be so many good openings. Because I also am aware that uh, and people in the club that I need to try to do next step. I mean, uh, next step. I think some better team. I mean, better team where you can set up the the, the the exactly through the budget the team what you want. I mean, to don't mention now. Okay, I would mention like this: Tenerife, I don't know, um, Alba, whatever. You know, just just some teams who are good who where you can set up the good. Balance and, and and try to play very good
0: basketball, you know. Um, while while Drasan uh, probably accompanied you, what well, not? Probably, he accompanied you the the first eight seasons in professional basketball since 2011. Um, you yeah. one could say the man on your side, uh, kind of since then has been Duzan Georgevich, uh, uh, Bel- uh, Belgrade-born point guard. He's been playing with you at Ostend since 2011. What do you think when I say Dušan yeah. Uh
2: Family. Mm-hmm. First of all, family. Uh, first of all, like a brother. Seriously, that's a, that's a person in who I have so big trust and uh, with whom practically we don't need to talk, we just need to look each other to understand each other and, and what to do, how to do. Uh, it's uh, it's an amazing professional. Um, it's not everything in that how you um, control the ball. It's also what kind of person you are and how you make impact on the team. And hes there, amazing. He's a great greatest leader, what I ever saw till now, especially in my team, where um, he don't make a difference between him and the and, and young kid of 17-year-old. So, uh, first of all, he never don't want to, you know, cheat on something, or to don't say about explanation and correction of, of the young guys. So, absolute leader. Um, I would like that he continues when he finishes career to to be a coach because I think he would be a very good coach. But <laughs> he said first he wants to rest first. <laughs> <for more. laughs>
0: yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's, um, at 37, he's just eight years younger than you. And, and actually yeah. both of you guys could be fathers to a lot of the players on your team. Um, how, yes. how does he help in dealing with, uh, so many of the young, really talented, uh, players that you guys have?
2: But it's, 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 it's not, it wasn't easy at the beginning, But okay, him and me, we talk about that and we try to find a strategy how we will deal with them. Because today's world is a bit different. Uh, You have so much distractions and uh, uh, it's very important can you canalize uh, uh, young guys on the right way. If you do that, you will succeed. If you don't do that, kids will be... uh, on the social media, on the street, take care of million other things not about not most necessary because without hard work you cannot exceed, succeed. without uh, managing a uh, right uh, way your time uh, and free time and working time and, and, and all recuperation time um, from the practices and, and being involved that you really learn a game of basketball from a different angles. Uh, today, for the kids, not the kids, kids is not easy because okay, all of them have and families and the agents and the have friends and the different people around, and and most important is to keep them with the two feet on the floor, and uh, I think Dushan is doing that great together with me trying to you know to to, to survive in that sense because. That This is what this young, talented kids need.
0: Um, one of the things we like to do uh, for, in this podcast is give BCL fans a chance to ask questions. Uh, and this kind of goes a little bit on there. Maybe you could just kind of uh, uh, offer something else into that. Peter Willems um, asks, how does he approach coaching young guys to get them to the next level?
2: But first of all... Um, I need to get a full psychological picture of, the, of, of uh, each of the, of the kids. When I have that, then we approach it in a different way, absolutely. So uh, through the video, through the individual workouts, uh, corrections on individual workouts, corrections on the practices, uh, guidance guidance in their life, how they need to eat, what they need to eat, how they need to act, so it involves everything in that, because if you don't start with that, it's very hard. Because today, uh, you can, you can uh, just go on the internet and say, okay, I want to play picker with versus hatch. And every kid will see maybe, aha, this is a hedge, so I would try to do this. But maybe it's not good that way for his right now, what he has. So this is why I'm saying it's very important that we guide them. To the uh, different video sessions and corrections, so that's that's one of the keys. Um,
0: Lars Folmar uh, asks which, uh, and, and this is probably goes along with uh, kids' uh, parents who have kids. Uh, none of them, um, you know, they're, they're all great. You don't necessarily have a have a, a best one, but which Ostend team was the strongest that you ever coached?
2: Strongest, I think my my second season here, probably with uh, Matt Lujewski here, mm. having Dushan, having a lot of good players, uh, Ryan Thompson, uh, Dromjak, uh, Brent White, I mean, and, and not only uh, strongest, most experienced. We, I think we've been dominating. Uh, there was a, a lot of good teams, honestly, because um, that, that guys who come after, Jakiri, for example, also when he came um, in, in the team together on combination it, it was great uh, we, we had like twenty-one zero and all things but if you look experience wise and result wise was a second year team yeah so probably like I said
0: um, Lars Fulmar also wants to know which team do you want to coach someday in the future
2: <laughs> uh, I would like first to go step by step so first one decent, very decent European team. I would like really. Um, I would like, for example, Germany. I like organized things. Germany, France, especially. Okay, if I can reach Spain, it's, it's phenomenal. But uh, you know, it's not easy to to step in that country so easy. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of Barcelona. In every sense. but they have uh, shot us, and everything that So yeah, he's he's there for a little there. bit now, I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, for example, I adore Barcelona. I'm a big fan of Barcelona from from being a kid. Uh, so that's a, that's a bit, but I don't. Re- uh, that's only dream.
0: Yeah, know? sure, 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 sure. Of course, of everywhere, course.
2: Everywhere, 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 where I can. Uh, reach uh, EuroLeague level, I think it
0: would be great. Uh, so, Mat- Matias underscore Wolters um, says, Can you please let the Giants win this weekend?
2: Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Matthias, I would like to help, but uh, <laughs> You uh, have a job to do. Mr. For me you for, know me already by years, and he probably knows my competitiveness and wish to win uh, uh, versus everybody, even I guess my daughter. So you
0: know. <laughs> um, another
2: another to do our best.
0: Another fun one. Uh, podcast co host and, and actually your fellow Croatian Igor Jerkovic mentioned that I should ask you if you have any coffee preferences, saying that something about getting a new coffee machine.
2: Ah, okay. Coffee preference? No, yeah, I have Lavazza here, and uh, we have a good machine. And uh, I'm not giving up on Lavazza. <laughs> right. That's that's the only thing I don't drink. I don't smoke, so at least coffee can be, you know, something where where you can enjoy it. So Lavazza is already great.
0: All right, um, as mentioned, you you've been in the BCL from the very beginning, from the first season, yeah. um, you know how how, would, how do you see the development over the league now over the half half decade that it's been in existence?
2: Amazing. Uh, uh, better and better every season. Okay, uh, I think even this, like I say, at the beginning of our conversation, I'm not uh, happy because of my team that we have only six rounds. But this also shows um, that uh, practically... Uh, league and people who manage the league really care about people, uh, that they spread us in different groups and then, okay, it's it's less games, but uh, they take care of the health. And also if some game needs to be postponed, will will pl- be played in the week when you don't play. And so all, 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 all game, great, honestly. And uh, basketballs are amazing. So from the start, it was this mountain—not not the greatest, but this Wilson are super. So <laughs> I know at the beginning, players always complain, but now it's super. Yeah, so it's really y-
0: good. You've you've been in basketball in Belgian basketball for for a long time. Um, yeah. w- you know, in the 2018-19 season, we saw uh, Telenet Giants Antwerp reach and also host the BCL Final Four. As someone who has competed intensely with them for many years, and also saw their development, what did you think about Enverp going further than any other Belgium team and reaching the final four? Uh,
2: great results. amazing result. Uh, they had also a bit of luck, but for any result, what you make, you need to have luck. You know, I think they make it, they had a great season um in 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 every segment that that year they went up against us okay final mm-hmm. they lost but uh reaching final four was on top of, of of everything i think honestly they've been the weakest team there but they're already being there it was super phenomenal
0: so it, it might be a bit earlier you know but we are now one season full season removed from that campaign what what impact do you think that Antwerp uh, that season and going to the final four had, or will have on Belgian bas- basketball.
2: That's a problem. I don't think that we use mm. that right way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really a problem. I think uh, right now basket, it, the Belgian basketball in, in Belgium, like a country, it's like a third or fourth sport. And I think that that's a, that's not good. That's okay, football or soccer, how you call it. It, 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 it's going to be always number one and they are organized great and, and okay, there is the most of the money and all, but basketball needed to be there on the second spot but we are not and uh, uh, we didn't use that uh, in a good way okay, now they try to make Banner league together with uh, uh, Dutch teams, but you know, uh, me like a coach of national team I always need to take care of the what we leave behind so that means what kind of young Belgian players we we get and how much we develop them. So uh, we didn't use that right way. I think it could be much better. And also, uh, okay, uh, us um, through the years playing Champions League, um, in Austin. So we need to we need to use that much better. We have only three teams who are playing in Europe. That's that's not enough, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the national team, you were, you know, you've been in Belgium really since 2008 head coach now there since 2009. Uh, you, you served as a Croatian assistant head coach at the assistant coach at the, uh, 2015 Euro basket. Um, you took on Belgian citizenship in September, 2018. Uh, and, and, and now as, as national team coach, you know, how does it feel to take over duties as head coach of a national team?
2: First of all, it was a great pride uh, because uh, that shows that people uh, believed in you, and they they, they they probably think that I make a or to do this year's good job, and uh, it, it, it's not a question of nothing else except a question of uh, uh, proudness on that, and uh, to try to do the best possible job. And uh, to give something back to the Belgian basketball, because people give me a chance when I was very young in the one club and another club. So I really need to give all credit to the Belgian bas- uh, the people in Belgian basketball for for my development, I
0: think. And, and of course, I mean, you were really replacing a legend in Belgian basketball. You know, Eddie Castells. you know, he brought the Lions uh, back to Eurobasket in 2011 for the first time since 1993, um, and then the next four four Eurobaskets. Uh, you know he was he brought the, the, the country to the, to the Eurobasket. Um, what was it like filling those shoes?
2: So it it wasn't easy because, because first, like you said, Coach Eddie make a great job, great selection, put practically uh, uh, a national teams from from uh, I would say basement. To the second floor, you know what is not easy. You know how hard work that is sometimes to build the the, the, the things from the right way. So in that, and uh, uh, that's a that's a great part. But also first first person after I took national team, who I call and try to have a lunch and discuss about everything was was called, was coach Eddie. Mm. I think that's normal and that we need to think uh, at the same page, because national team needs to be above everybody.
0: Last question on the national team. Um, you, like we mentioned, they've been to four straight Eurobaskets. Uh, we're a couple we're a couple of weeks from the final window uh, in the 2022 European uh, Eurobasket qualifiers. Um, trying to make it five in a row next month. You guys go back to Lithuania for the, the second bubble, uh, yes. final window, games against Denmark, uh, Czech Republic. Um, need one victory to advance for sure. Maybe how confident... Do you feel about those upcoming uh, games? Even though you know, you look at Denmark, they shocked uh, a lot of people by, by beating Lithuania and the Czechs, and then the Czechs, yeah. they'll also want to show uh, even though they're qualified already that they're better than their 1-2 and two record. Maybe just talk about your confidence of reaching 5th uh, Eurobasket in a row.
2: Uh, first of all, uh, we try to... Uh, we are confident. I mean, we, we will try to do our best for sure. We try to make a balance between some of the older guys and some who are coming and talented. For example, one Wayne and uh, Lecomte, uh, their they will try to reach for for the, for this window also. So occasionally, it was a lot of this also younger guys and, and the guys who are already long in the national team. So we need to find that balance well. And um uh, I think uh Denmark game it's a key and then we will see also how we will manage uh, for the second game you know so there we need to be ready we need to be prepared Denmark honestly played two great games uh, mm-hmm. they had uh, also Lundberg who was playing uh, amazingly and what I see now he's continuing with that in his club Jelena Gora where uh, he got the chance to be the, the starter and the main guy and he he grabbed that with the two hands and playing amazing so but one one player don't win so we need to focus on everybody and and be ready for for both games
0: all right go back to the bcl to to kind of uh come to a close here Ostend's final game of the of the uh of their uh season will be next week uh, at home against Dasha faka uh maybe just talk about how important uh, um, it will be to finish the BCL season on a high note, get a second victory, and then go with a with a good, strong confidence uh, uh, into the into the really the the, the meat of the uh, Belgian league.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think there uh, is a okay change bit the team, bring new point guard, uh, Majet, and. Uh, uh, they have even more quality than in the first game. For us, uh, we did struggle with injuries, but okay, um, after now two, for the weekend, two cup games uh, versus Antwerp, I think we will be um, motivated to do our best uh, in, in, in that game, and, and we'll see. I mean, uh, absolutely, you play every game to win, so um, they have more experience than us, but uh, first game, we've been there practically Till the, the 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 last possessions on on minus uh, on minus three by the three pointer <laughs> practically pack board kill us at the end, but uh, we'll we'll do our best for sure. Like every game, what we're doing.
0: All right, fantastic, uh, Dario Georgia Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, good luck in the final game Thank against you. Dasha Faka, and uh, and good luck to you and your and your team on on, on making it uh, nine in, and ten in a row in the uh, Belgian league.
2: Thank you very much, and uh, it was a pleasure to be part of a BCL podcast. All
0: right, uh, y- you know, uh, he signed the five-year extension, and and you know he basically can can go out any time after uh, after each season. Um, and if you if you put it all together, man, he has one heck of a resume. You know, if you think, um, you know dominating a league nowadays uh, and Belgium is really if you look at uh, all of the players there are some very 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 good players in in this um, on this continent that uh, one of their first teams was in Belgium you know it's a stepping stone league and to dominate a league for basically a decade um, and and also then to Um, to earn the praise and recognition um, of people outside um, of the organization, outside the country to send some really elite talent to, to you to develop them. um, You know, that's a pretty impressive resume. I
1: mean, I'm super happy for him. Obviously we're compatriots and we kind of talked to each other a couple of times and got nothing but great things to say about him. And, The other thing that I really like about him is that he got a chance to coach the national team over there. And they look really good in the Eurobasket qualifiers. Retino Bassohan had a piece on our Eurobasket website that he said that he admires Coach Jerja so much because of the development and the trust that he puts into his players. And everybody tells me, like, if you take a look at him, he's the craziest worker you've ever seen. Like, he's the first one in, the last one out. And just... Wish him all the best.
0: All right. Uh, let's move to uh, um, the games for next week. The final game day of the regular season uh, Tuesday are groups E and G. And we have uh, Ritos Vilnius facing Strasbourg, Six Strasbourg. Uh, Ritas, uh, eliminated at one and four. Strasbourg, four and one already through. And then the other, the big game, Feferiga three and two. Peristeri, two and three. And then in group G, Turk Telecom Ankara, four and one. Fate, uh, hosting Egokea at three and two. Limoges at one and four already out. And, uh, Hapod, uh, Hapo Jerusalem at, twi- at two and three. Um, maybe the, the game you're going to be watching. Mm.
1: Probably Riga against Peristeri because it's the head to head battle that's kind of going, not going to go all the way. But like, this is crazy that we have four games at the same time and only.
0: Nothing Rita new S- for you.
1: Yeah, only Ritas and <laughs> Strasbourg are basically like, ah, oh, yeah, let's just play the play. Uh, yeah, all the other games are. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I supposed to watch? <laughs> I'm going to have to go three eyes again.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to feel if if uh, Peristeri win and Favriga Fevriga uh go out, you know? Like you hey,
1: look... I'm going to I'm going to blame it on you because you've jinxed them. You talk so much about them and the things that you talk about. No,
0: usually, no, no you winning know, no, no,
1: no. putting anything like bring last season and like part <laughs> and
0: Hey, come on, man! <laughs> Bucking bears has yeah. been a lot more than, uh, anyhow. anyhow. All right, um, so, yeah. So obviously, Favriga and and, and Terry um because you said obviously head to head. You know, winner goes through, loser, uh, heads home or you know doesn't move on to the to the rest. Uh, let's go to Wednesday groups F and H. Uh, Group F, uh, Pinar Kashiaka, three and two against Bilbao two and three. Uh, and then happy Casa Brindisi, uh sorry Brosa bamberg at 5 and0 uh, against Fortitudo Bologna uh, Bologna at 0 and five group H is happy Casa Brindisi, four and one Burgos uh, uh four and one uh free and Dashavaka both one and four their final game looking to take uh, a victory uh home and uh on to their domestic league so what's you uh what's your what's your big one in this one
1: Karciak against Bilbao, and best of luck to Bilbao because they have to do one thing that nobody's ever done. And they have to win by 10 or more in Izmir, and it hasn't happened for the last, I think, two and a half years. Is that true? Yeah, I had it in power rankings. I'm, I'm not sure of the exact date, uh-huh, okay. but then, uh, that, it's just like even when they have the biggest Turkish clubs like Ben Erbach uh, coming over down, mm. town, it's, it's never easy. Especially
0: not to get a ten plus points win, yeah, I mean, and Bilbao doesn't really even score a lot of points necessarily anyhow, so uh yeah, it's gonna be a tough one i mean to I mean obviously that's gonna be playing for playoffs, but i mean uh I think that brendizy uh Brandizzi, uh Burgos game is gonna be fun because you know this is two teams that uh you know have uh, have you know rightfully so pretty big aspirations. All right. Um, so that's our show this week. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent questions in, uh, for coach, uh, for coach Georgia on, on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Handle is basketball, um, basketball CL. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's the mobile app. You can email us. It is info at championsleague.basketball. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can follow everything online on championsleague.basketball and all of the games are live and on demand at livebasketball.tv. Igor, final messages going into the final uh, two days of the regular season?
1: Um, just we, we made it. We made it. Mm. So we're almost there. I can see the finish line. so It's going to be a month-long break with the BCL because we have the playoffs starting in uh, early March. So we're gonna have some domestic basketball to focus on, and uh, of course the EuroBasket qualifiers bubbles again.
0: Yeah, um, it'll be it'll be a shame to you know really after we've finally kind of found a rhythm, you know, um, to then take a break. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, national team window, and um, you know it's it's the way the competition uh, correctly um in, in in these times was was transformed um so yeah uh really uh, you know you guys have one have two more days uh for a while uh, so enjoy it and uh, we will talk to you next week